0: You're listening to How You Show Up with me, your host, Brad Wiseman. Hi, this is Brad Wiseman. This is called How You Show Up. And I have two amazing people sitting here in front of me. Uh, I was told to get in touch with you you, uh, from Judd Meinhart, who is one of your friends, actually. And it's actually his his recent wife, that uh, that got th- that's how you know him. Correct. And who's in front of me is Elizabeth Wooldridge, if I'm saying it right, you are. and her son, Seth. Uh, I want to thank you for coming in here on this horrible rainy day. This is like the uh, second or third podcast I've done this week, and I think it's been raining the whole time. <laughs> but uh, we're going to dive right into things. I have you here because I, I got a synopsis of your story that you have, uh, that you have to tell through Judd, and I was just blown away by the thing, how both of you are showing up right now in life and what's going on in your lives. And if you could tell the story, it'd be better than me telling the story because, you know, I only read it and I'm not living it. So tell me what happened. The, the main thing that was interesting to me, and this is where, where you can start, you can start wherever you want, was reading about you being at the Relay for Life and then what happened after that. So if you want to start there, that'd be great.
1: Okay. I can start there. We, two years ago... Um, decided to be a part of the Relay for Life of Western Burks um, through a very good friend of mine, Krista, and her son, Brandon, is Seth's best friend. And she was the team captain. Um, I'd been involved with Relay for many years Mm -hmm. when I lived in Virginia, um, but hadn't really gotten into it in Pennsylvania. So we decided to go, and Seth really got into it. He just loved it, Um, and he really... Um, had a heart for mm-hmm. the people that were going through cancer. He really had no awareness of it right, right? prior to that. He was eight years old. He didn't know. Sure. Um. So he spent the night there that night. He mm-hmm. walked and walked and walked around the track. And when we came home the next morning, I didn't stay. He stayed. Um, when he came home the next morning, that's all he was talking about, was that he wanted to be involved with Relay, and he really wanted to help these people that were going through cancer and yeah he just like, real, couldn't believe it
0: now I want to hear your point of view a little bit now why were you so into this at this moment what was it that that drew you to relay for life and and you, you seem to be very excited about it
2: Just because my great-grandma and great-grandpa died of cancer. Okay. um, I really wanted to help find a cure for it.
0: Okay. That's great. And that's why, so that was your thing. You're thinking of your grandparents, and that's why you were there and excited about it. It is a really neat event. Uh, So keep going.
1: So um, then I think just a week later, it was either one week or two weeks later on a Saturday morning, He woke up, he had had headaches Mm -hmm. um, for a couple of years, actually, but they had told us not to worry about it because they always went away with Advil and -hmm. they weren't happening more than a couple of times a month. Okay. So this particular Saturday morning, he woke up and was just crying, mommy help me, Mm. mommy help me, my head hurts so bad. Mm -hmm. Um, So I took him to the Reading Hospital, to the emergency room. And they did a CAT scan Mm -hmm. and came back and um, told us that there was a large mass on his brain. Wow. And that there was an ambulance coming to take us to Hershey.
0: So this happened that that quickly. So now all of a sudden... two three weeks after the relay for life you're you're sitting there and they're telling you and they can tell right away from the cat scan i guess what what is going on right i I can't even imagine i have a daughter now at 16 months old and i can't even imagine what what was going through your mind at that point so so they the ambulance comes
1: the ambulance comes and they took us to hershey and my sweet brave boy the whole way on the in the ambulance, he kept saying, why Why am I in an ambulance? Like <laughs> <laughs> Only people that are very sick or dying are in an ambulance. Right, right. Why am I in an ambulance? So that was a really tough question. Um, but he was so, so brave the whole time. So my husband was at home with my younger son. We thought we were just going to the emergency room, and they would right. give him something, you know, a shot or something, and we'd come home. So my poor husband had to come flying up to Hershey to meet us um, and we got to Hershey and luckily had in my opinion the best possible pediatric neurosurgeon mm-hmm. on earth, um, Dr. Mark Iantoska, who is our one of our heroes.
0: Amazing, amazing. Yeah. And what's the name of the doctor again?
1: Mark Iantoska.
0: Okay, and he's this is the, the doctor that is the one that would perform surgery remove the him. surgery to He Did the surgery surgery.
1: Right. So they had to um, he also has a blood disorder. Um, which fortunately, you found this, Hershey out then? knew about oh, prior okay. to, which was kind of God working in our lives, I think, because I was kind of a thorn in the side of his pediatricians and insisted that there was something wrong because he kept getting these bruises and nosebleeds. And so finally, I think more to make me be quiet, they sent us to, uh, Hershey to have blood work done mm-hmm. and we found out that he had this blood disorder, um, and when we found out about it, they basically told us it's not going to cause any problems throughout his life except that he'll have nosebleeds. And right. Gotcha. But if he were to ever have surgery, you would need to know it because he would definitely need a, a blood transfusion. Okay. Thinking, of course, he's never going to need major surgery. Surgery, yeah. So then when he had to... Thank God we knew about it because had we not known about it, he could very Ugh. possibly have bled out on the table and because that would have the, been it.
0: So you knew about this. It, it's amazing. That is, that is amazing. So they were
1: able to treat him for... A couple of days pr- prior to going into the surgery with, the, they call it factor eight, and they get his blood ready so that then he'll do okay in the surgery. Right. So he had the surgery at Hershey, um, with the most amazing people on earth at Hershey. Somewhere um, in June, I
0: think. That what was, was it in June?
1: It was on July 12th.
0: July 12th, 12th okay. Two thousand twelve. Now, all this time, that, now in your mind, what do you... Are you starting to to think about what's going on here? Do you realize what was happening as far as uh, there's something on my brain or something in my head that they're going to have to uh, go in and take out?
2: Not really. I was just thinking, just get through it. Maybe you can at least enjoy your summer vacation.
0: (laughs) Right. And that's good. You, you got to yeah. be concerned about your summer vacation. I mean, that's very, very important. But so that's so yeah, because it's July twelfth, And now you're off school. I mean, the last thing you want is this, this uh, cancer, you know, messing up your vacation for the, <laughs> for the summer. I mean, that's the first thing I'd be thinking about. But no, so so that's what you're thinking at that point. And, and now you so now you're getting ready for surgery and doing all this stuff. Now you must be like seeing people walking around you and you're doing blood transfusions. I mean, that had to be pretty is it was it scary.
2: Most time but once I got used to it I was just all right
1: do it.
0: <laughs> all right, do it. So just get it done, right? Let's yeah. just get this done. Okay. So go ahead mom. What what happened then?
1: Um so he he did have the surgery and they took out a tumor which was um the size of a large peach pit.
0: A large peach pit. So we're talking uh, like I mean obviously nobody can see what I'm doing, but right. about like that. Yeah. Okay.
1: So they said at that time um they were pretty certain that they had gotten it all mm-hmm. um and they wanted to just kind of let it go and have follow up MRIs every 3 months they thought it would be okay. So this is
0: the kind of cancer I guess when they're explaining this to you that once they take it out they're feeling that that's it. It's 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 going to be it's going to be they dig it out and it's gone at that point.
1: They they felt like they had gotten <clears throat> The surgeon actually described it to me when you have a brain tumor as the part. The tumor is more like um, if if your brain is a glass of milk, mm-hmm. the tumor is like a glob of chocolate syrup that is squeezed in, okay. as opposed to like a cookie. So they get what they can get, but they're still there's, gotcha. I gotcha. so right. you, you, they're
0: still trailing of, of, of stuff in there, right. And what about the part of the brain? The first thing I'm thinking of, you start cutting into you know your
1: head, yeah. you know
0: what's going to happen? What am I going to lose? I mean, I don't know how big my brain is, but I'm thinking it's probably pretty small. But uh, <laughs> but I'm like well, I'm hey. thinking the orange pit or that peach pit is about what I have as a brain actually. But uh, but no, so they take that out now. What what is that going to do? I mean, you, he seems like he's fine.
1: He is fine. He has a great surgeon.
0: Yeah, um, obviously. Yeah,
1: it was in his right frontal lobe. The surgeon said it was in a. Good. I mean, there's not ever a good a place good part, to have a right. brain tumor, but it was in a good place if you have to have one. Um, and there are several things that it could have affected or right. that could have been affected by the surgery, if right. you know. Um, but he he's fine. Um, That's
0: excellent. It's amazing. Yeah. So so what happened after after that situation? So now you had the, then. Did you have to do any chemotherapy or radiation after the first operation? Uh, no,
1: no, not after the first one. Then, like.
2: October maybe twenty fourth. Okay. I found out I had another and uh, that I had to get my surgery on Halloween night.
0: Oh, you gotta be kidding me. Halloween night mm-hmm. of all times. And there goes your Halloween <laughs> night. <laughs> yeah. now, now not only did it ruin your your vacation your summer vacation, now it's the house. Like, there goes my <laughs> Halloween. Unbelievable. Uh, I love your outlook, dude. You really have a good outlook on life. So, Okay, so now they they do fine. Same place, different area.
1: Right, same place. So we went in for the the first follow-up MRI. We were all very excited to go to this MRI because we thought that they were going to just come back and tell us, okay, now he's allowed to participate in gym. He's allowed to participate in recess. Hooray, everything's great. Um, Okay, you know what?
0: Hold that thought. We're going to let people hang in because we're going to do actually two parts of the show. Okay. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to come back next week. We're going to talk to Elizabeth and we're going to talk to Seth and actually uh, chat more about how you guys are showing up in this incredible story and uh, the bravery of a young man and the, the persistence of a mother is, is amazing. I'm Brad Wiseman. This is How You Show Up. See you next week.
1: You have just finished listening to Brad Wiseman's podcast series, How You Show Up. Found here on Express Yourself Talk Radio Network.